What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sowing the Seed Podcast. I'm your gracious and humble and thankful host, Olivier, and I am super excited, as I always am, for you to be here and to just hear about what God is doing in and around me. And uh, this week, you know, it's been some time since the last episode. It's been about, you know, a week and a half. And, you know, I've really been just diving into, um, you know, my relationship with the church and just like ministering to others and focusing more so on, you know, my spiritual journey and uh, getting to a place where, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable not only speaking to those who need to hear the word of God in person and uh, throughout my day. Uh, for many of you who know, uh, you know, I'm back working now. I'm in the hospital and um, you know, I'm working as needed right now, which is great because I'm able to make my own schedule. And uh, I'm thankful for that because I'm, I'm also working uh, as a nurse practitioner and in, in doing and uh, getting experience in and around that as well. So uh, it's been a little bit of a transitional time, you know, this month and, and moving forward. I know it's uh, it's going to be better. And, you know, God is providing in many ways and, you know, leading me into areas that I haven't been. And it's it's exciting, but it's obviously nerve wracking as well. And so. Um, bear with me. I, I will be trying to, uh, you know, release uh, a few episodes a week as we move forward. Um, more on the shorter side, but um, more impactful episodes that will, you know, kind of keep you going and just kind of, you know, remind you of God's promises throughout your week, as well as maybe some testimonies that, you know, have um, have come by and just like, you know, shook my world a little bit. So I actually want to start with um, a testimony as I usually do. And um, it's just so crazy because I feel like, you know, before I started the pod, I was like, man, God, what do, what is it that I'm going to have to do in order to get like content? And obviously, like last episode, I talked to you guys about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit convicts me and convicts us as believers um, in certain areas and certain uh, wisdom and, and scriptures and that kind of stuff. And so, man, since I've started this journey of this podcast, it's been like yo, what do I want to talk about? Because there's so much, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like every week God is doing something amazing, either within myself in my life or in the lives of believers around me or friends, family. And so um, this week, I really just want to encourage believers and unbelievers, but I especially want to focus more on my believers because, you know, being in small group on Tuesdays and going to church on Sundays and that kind of stuff, you kind of get the temperature of what Christian living is like week to week, if that makes sense. Like you, you get to see the temperature of, you know, the body of Christ. And so I've loved that because I, I missed out on that for such a long time that now that I'm back plugged in, it's almost as if I am able to see exactly what it is that my brothers and sisters are struggling with. 
And I love that because it's, it's an opportunity for me to be able to pray, to be able to encourage, and to be able to speak life into others, as well as myself. You know, I, I need to be reminded of God's promises. I need to be um, in fellowship with other believers who can speak life into me and remind me of all the things that are to come, good and bad. You know what I mean? Because we understand that, uh, you know, even in our sufferings, God is working. You know, uh, Romans 5 uh, verse 3 says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. That's powerful. And so this week, you know, I uh, went to small group and, you know, I, I got the the feeling that a lot of us are going through certain things within our personal lives that are, you know, are challenging. And, and you know, unbelievers, you guys can obviously, you know, uh, relate to this as well because even even you know in the lives of people who are don't have a relationship with God I mean there's there's a multitude of things that happen that you know just like get us down and uh take our joy away and um you know really frustrate us but what I want to say to us believers is that you have something that the world doesn't have and not only is that peace but that's also a glory that far outweighs all the problems of this life. You see, 2 Corinthians verse 4, 16 through 18 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So last week, I actually went home. I uh, visited my best friend, Nick, and I obviously saw a lot of friends and, you know, I got to spend time with my family. And so we actually threw my best friend, Nick, a surprise birthday party. He actually turned 30. And so um, it was a special moment, you know, a special time in his life. And obviously, you know, his friends' lives, you know, to be around there and celebrate with him. So it was a great time. I went home and, you know, uh, it was crazy because uh, there were so many revelations that weekend, as there always is, I feel like, when I go home. And, um, you know, one of the things that shook and just kind of rocked my world was that uh, there was a friendship that I had uh, about five, six years, actually. You know, I made this friend and, you know, we were the best of friends. We did everything. We went out together. We ate together. We, you know, he met my family. And, you know, just like most of you guys out there who have best friends, you know, it, it was a special bond that I had with this person. And, um, you know, it was unfortunate because the, the friendship ended on a bad and sour note. And, um, you know, like many of us, we go through, you know, seasons where we either make friends or we lose friends. And, you know, that prior season, I had lost a really good friend of mine. And, um, you know, I was at peace with it, you know, because I knew that, you know, for me in that friendship, I did everything that I could have done to, you know, keep it going and for it to be healthy and, you know, a loving atmosphere always. And so for me, you know, I had solace, I had peace with it because obviously I knew God and I knew, you know, had, had it ended the way it did, it was because God allowed it. And so I trusted in God's plan. I didn't question him though it did suck, you know, it always sucks losing a friend, you know, I lived with it and, you know, I prayed for that person continuously throughout the, you know, the months and the year that transpired after and uh, just, you know, praying that God will come into their heart 
change their their heart and their mind and renew them, you know, day by day. But I really didn't pray for me to be back in contact with this person. It was more so just a prayer that God would sustain them, um, you know, obviously through the lack thereof of friendship um, and give them peace and give them comfort and give them, you know, blessings that they may be able to have, um, you know, moving forward and that kind of stuff. So, wow, when I went home, the last day that I'm there, I'm with my friend Jess and we are actually headed somewhere downtown that we used to go quite often, but there's a certain area within that place that we would go that we probably only been once. And it was one time that we were actually taking pictures from my best friend, Zach, his clothing brand um, for his I Like Birds podcast. Um, we were taking pictures for him. And I remember actually finding that place on a whim. It was just like something that I, you know, found driving and just being curious. And so that was the last time I went there. It was a beautiful little area, like, you know, a very private beach in the back of like a park. And for some reason, the last day before, you know, I head back to Miami, you know, I'm with Jess and we're chilling. And for some reason, I have the, the wherewithal to like decide that's where I want to go. The point of choosing it, I didn't think it was being or I was being Holy Spirit led at that point. But after looking back, you know, I'd actually fasted that day and it wasn't planned. It was it was something where the Holy Spirit just convicted me to not eat that day. And for us believers, we know what uh, fasting does for us. It, it heightens our senses and it heightens our spiritual um, experience with the Lord. And um, deeper revelations are had when we when we fast. And I actually do want to talk about fasting, but probably in another episode. And so that day I was actually fasting and you know, we're driving around, we're hanging out, we're talking, just, you know, kind of going through, um, you know, our regular hangout, you know. And so I end up deciding to go to this park, which I'd only been through our two once before. And so, you know, the sun is about to go down and uh, me and Jess are sitting there, we're taking pictures, being silly, playing music, that kind of stuff. And out of nowhere, that friend that I had been separated from for a season was walking onto the beach with his girlfriend. And I'm sitting there and I remember all the emotions that I felt in that moment. Because I didn't plan to speak to this person just because I saw them. But when I saw them, a couple of seconds after I initially saw them, I, I told Jess, I said, look at God. And Jess looks up and she was shocked. Right when Jess looks up, my friend, my previous friend, <laughs> He looks up at both of us, and it was almost like God had set that up, and I was like, wow. And so me being the apprehensive person I am, you know, I like to discern things. I like to, I like to give second chances, but I also like to be in, in alignment with God, and I want it to be God's will, not mine. And so when, you know, I waved him down, I was like, yo, bro, come over here. Let's talk, you know, like, let's. Let's take this opportunity to, you know, hash it out if, if it can be hashed out and just, you know, catch up a little bit. And so my expectations moving into the conversation with, you know, him approaching and, you know, me sitting in the car was just to kind of see where he's at, you know, and maybe pray for him and, and, and just kind of keep it moving, you know what I mean? But with love. And so I remember uh, us, you know, I, we got out the car, me and Jess got out the car and we obviously embraced um, my friend and, and his girlfriend and, you know, we just started catching up and man, the Lord is so good. 
I mean, the conversation opened up about God and it stayed on God the entire time. A friend that I'd had in the previous season where we rarely ever talked about God, rarely even talked about anything spiritual. I'm sitting here a year later after we, you know, ended our friendship on bad terms. And we're sitting here talking about his testimony and how God changed so much of him and his life and what he found important in this last season. And I was shocked because I was like, yo, this is insane. And the reason why I say it's insane is because many times as believers, we take on the burden of other people's salvation, other people's relationship for Christ. And for me, one of the things I regretted when the friendship ended was the fact that I wasn't able to bring God into the forefront of our friendship. I didn't bring it into the relationship in order for God to bless it and for for God to work through it. And that was obviously because I didn't have the relationship I should have had with Christ at that time. And so the regret was really not warranted, you know what I mean? And I forgave myself for it later. But, you know, many of us believers, we take on the burden of other people's relationship when it's literally that, a personal relationship with the Savior. We can only sow seeds. That's what this podcast is all about, sowing the seed. But the heart that the seed, that the Word of God is landing on, like we talked about in the first few episodes, that is, that dictates if transformation, if a relationship occurs or not. We, we have no effect on the person's heart. If the person is ready to receive God, that is something that God is doing within them, not by your power, not by anyone else's power or whatever they could possibly say, not by the power of any scripture that you can recite to them. Your prayer for them helps and God's power moves through them and convicts them. And so God did that in this person. And his name is actually Josh. And I know a lot of people out there, my friends who are probably listening, are going to be like shocked to hear this. But that's what happened. Me and Josh sat there and we had a conversation that was beautiful. You know, we, we hugged it out. We talked about, um, you know, where we are in our relationship with God. And it was amazing because God had done so much in him and had softened his heart so much to a point that he was a totally different person than I remember. His speech was different. His mind was different. His heart was different. Everything that he you know, highlighted was godly things. You know what I mean? We even ended in prayer and something that we had never done in the midst of our friendship. He actually prayed for me and I prayed for him. I was able to impart wisdom onto him as a new believer and saying that, you know, now that the enemy knows that you're on the side of Christ and you're on the side of the Savior, you're going to be spiritually attacked. And I told him not to fret, not to worry, but to obviously stay grounded and to renew your mind daily and to go after God with all your heart and all your might. And it was a beautiful moment. And it's just such a testament to the Lord. God knew what was on our hearts. God knew what was on Josh's heart. And I'm sure Josh prayed for that moment to happen. And, you know, I prayed obviously for, you know, Josh to be transformed. And he was. And that's the power of prayer. And that's the power of allowing God's will to happen when he wants it to happen. And not trying to strong arm, like my best friend Zachariah Rippey says, sometimes as believers, we like to strong arm things. We like to decide, you know, how much effort we're going to put forth because we want something to happen. It's like, yo, our power is through Christ. We have to subject our will to his, to take up our cross, to deny what we want 
and to align ourselves with what he wants. And so for me, you know, I am just so joyous that not only I have, you know, this friend back in my life, but that he has something greater than even me or anything else in this world that they could, that he could have possibly been blessed with, which is a relationship with the Savior. And that, my friend, is like, you see, this experience, what it did for me was it helped me in my journey of giving others salvation over to Jesus. The people that I care about in my life, my family, my friends, even the most unlikely person can receive Jesus Christ as his Savior and enjoy eternity with him. And it is not my job. It is not only lying on my ability to convert them into a believer. There's a parable in the book of Luke that I love, and we actually talked about this briefly on a Tuesday night. And it's about the prodigal son and how our lost loved ones, we may not know when they will return, but we understand that we don't have to chase them down. Because when Jesus ascended and he gave us the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit is moving on earth right now as we speak, convicting people, as I keep saying. We can prayerfully wait for God to work in their hearts and minds. And if God wants us to circle back, like I learned with the situation with my best friend Josh, then he will provide the opportunity for you to be able to be back in community and fellowship and friendship with that person. And for people out there who are worried about their loved ones, worried about their friends, have faith. One of my sisters in Christ, Donna Lee, she gave an amazing, amazing lesson in faith this past Tuesday. And it shook me so much to my core because, it, you know, it's easy to forget that we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Faith is the pillar of our relationship with God. Faith is that trust that we have in the Lord and his power and his promises that even when we can't see something, nor can we feel something that it's still being worked out. It's still being used for the greater good. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This is his promise. He is working everything out that we are worrying about. We have to give it to him. We can't do it on our own. We have to stop strong arming these things that we are worried about and give them over to the Lord. He is faithful. He will always give us a way out. He will always give us a bridge to get to the other side. And sometimes he needs to take you through that storm for you to build that endurance for future seasons. You see, that's why he asks us to rejoice in our suffering. That sounds like such a crazy statement for a person who lives in the world because most of us who you know, don't know God, before we come to the realization of God, we don't want to go through hard times. But as Christians, we are called to rejoice in those times of frustration, of those times of hurt, of those times of confusion and anxiety. Don't shy away from those painful times that you're going through right now. Rejoice in the fact that it's creating something within you that will sustain you in a future season that you can't yet see. You see, I used to believe that it was my entire responsibility 
to get my friends and family saved. In reality, it's God. God is the one that created them. I had to give over my right over their salvation. And when I say that, I mean I had to fully give it to God and say, God, you're the one that created them. You love them more than I love them. So I know you have a plan for their lives. I know you have a plan for their salvation. I was a nervous wreck this past week going back home because I was so animated about getting people saved. And that's a beautiful thing, as we should be as believers. But I had to obviously realize that I can only plant seeds. I have to trust in God for my loved one's salvation. So I'll start loving people in my life and believing that God will give me the words and actions to use me to bring them to faith. But I know that I'm trusting in God in this area because I can't worry about the choices people make. There's a pastor out there named Greg Fink, and something that he said resonated with me so much. He says, without pushing theology is exactly what Jesus would have had us do with some of the people in our lives. Love is the greatest theology there is, and it's powerful in the Lord's hands. So I challenge you to love one another, to love the family members that have not yet been saved, your friends that have not yet been saved, because love shows the Father's love through you, and that can touch a heart. That can transform a person into getting to know their Savior. I have to trust, we have to trust as believers that God has preordained and predestined a time in which they will have the opportunity to accept Him. Those who don't have a relationship with Christ and who need to come to the realization that they need a relationship with Him, I have begun to make a prayer list. And I challenge you out there, make a prayer list. Intercede on the behalf of those you love and prayer. That is true love. That is moving in a conditional way towards God. And when I say that, I mean there are a lot of things in the Bible in which had man not done something, X, Y, and Z, God would not have moved. And many times it's prayer. And many times it's also action. But that's when he enacts his power to move. When we move in our faith, God moves in his. A lot of things are conditional upon the actions that we take to show God that we are fully in alignment with him. To highlight this point, there's a story about the prophet Elijah in the Bible in the book of Kings. In which Elijah is actually at a woman's house whom God had sent him to. And the woman was actually provided to Elijah as a means for him to get food. During that time, there was a famine going on. And so the way that God provided for Elijah was, a, was telling him to go into this house and this land distant in which a woman would greet him and would accept him in and give him some food. So Elijah gets there and this lady has a son and she is going through all the emotions because she can't provide any food nor water because of the famine that's going on. And so her son is actually dying because of the famine. He's dying because he hasn't had any food. And so she only has enough flour to be able to make literally a piece of bread the size of one's hand. And now for Elijah, who's been sent here because God has ordained him to be fed by this woman, if he was walking out of faith and walking out of alignment and not trusting God, he would have questioned God and said, God, 
What's going on here? You sent me here to get food, but this lady can't even feed herself or her son. And so the son actually dies. And to show you the power of prayer, the woman is going crazy and she's sad and she's distraught because of the death of her son. And so Elijah goes upstairs in faith and the boy's laying there lifeless upstairs in his bed. And Elijah pleads with God and prays to him, God, please let life come back into this boy's body. By your grace, Lord, please let it be. And by miraculous intervention from the Lord, the boy's life was granted back into him. God brought the boy from death back into life because of Elijah's fervent prayer. Now that's, that's conditional will. Had he not been obedient, had he not been faithful, faith-filled enough to pray and to plead with God about the boy's life, the boy would have ceased to exist. That would have been that. The mother was, she was done. She was down on her face. She was not trusting. She did not believe that God could possibly move in her situation. And so she doubted. But because Elijah was sent there, he, was, he became a blessing unto not only the woman, but the son that would have died otherwise. How amazing is that? To know that we, had that we have that same power to affect miracles unto others, believers or not, through our prayers, through our action, through our pleading with God on certain issues. That we can literally pray to God to bring someone out of death. But it's conditional. You want to know how important our faith is? Not only for us, not only for our faith, not only for us as believers trusting in building our relationship with Christ. Our faith is so powerful that it can affect others. Through our unbelief and our questioning of God and questioning about when we're in a certain waiting room or waiting time or period, we can affect others around us. You see, when Elijah had prayed, and the boy came back to life. He brought the boy, carried him from the second story down to his mother and said, see, your son is alive. The mother is shocked at this point. She doesn't know what to think, but she knows that the Lord moved on her behalf and on the behalf of Elijah in his prayer. She says to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God. She says, now I know that the word of the Lord in your mouth is true. Through the obedience of Elijah, through the sacrifice of him praying for someone else other than himself because he had came there for his own purpose, for his own food. But through his obedience and thinking of someone else other than himself and pleading with God, he now gave and transferred that faith that he had to this woman who had none. How amazing is that? But you see, this story doesn't end here. God continued to use Elijah. And Elijah has some of the greatest miracles in the Bible. And many of us don't know that. And a lot of Christians, we forget, if we have read it, that Elijah was a blessed man in the eyes of God and was chosen by God to carry out some of the most miraculous miracles in the entire Bible. And so shortly after this time, God calls Elijah to go in direct opposition to these people on the mountaintop who are actually worshiping a false god called Baal, which is a devil idol. And so God instructs Elijah to go into Israel and to round up every single person who is idolizing and worshiping these false gods. And so Elijah does so. And now they're at this place called Mount Carmel, which God has called them to be in. 
And Elijah asked them, he asked the people that he has assembled, and he says, how long will you be divided between two ways of thinking? He says, if the Lord is God, then follow him. And if these false idols that you worship are God, then follow them. But don't have one foot in and one foot out. Decide today, who are you going to worship moving forward? So this is great because Elijah is now one man who's speaking for the one true and living God. And he has 450 who oppose him, who actually serve the devil and the false idols that they worship, Baal and Jezebel and all these other idols that they have set up in the place of God. And so in this moment, Elijah, I love this story so much. Elijah challenges them, one man, 450 against him. And he says, I want you to go ahead and choose a bull and I will choose a bull. And we're both going to lay our bulls on wood without fire underneath them. And we're going to call on to our gods and see whose God answers the call to provide fire under the bull. So they all answer and they said, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. So from morning till noon, they are calling onto these false idols and there's no answer. Nothing is happening. No fire is coming. And so they get to a point where they create an altar and they start dancing around it and doing all these different things to try and get the attention of their God, which is obviously not answering anything. So Elijah seeing this, he has a little bit of fun with it. He makes fun of them. And I love this part because Elijah says to them, why don't you guys yell and be louder? Perhaps your God is sleeping. Perhaps he's busy in a faraway land. Perhaps he's not really in deep thought right now and can hear you guys. And so it's funny because now like he's mocking them in a way and they don't know what to do. And so they're desperate at this point now. And start, they start doing all these disgusting practices. They start cutting themselves with swords and knives. And they have their blood pouring out onto the altar. And they're calling out to these gods. I mean, they're at the end of the road here. And they're doing anything and everything possible to try and muster up this god who they think has power. But there came no voice. No one answered. No one listened. And they were left there watching Elijah now. And so Elijah summons everyone to come near to him, and everyone comes near to him, and they all are together at this point. And Elijah goes ahead and makes an altar for the living God, and he instructs them to bring three jars of water, and he pours the water where the fire would be, over the bull and over the wood. Elijah then tells them to do it two more times, and so a total of three times of pouring water over the wood, over the bull, and he begins to pray. O Lord, God of Abram, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God of Israel. Let it be known that I am your servant and have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so that these people may know that you, O Lord, are God. Turn their hearts to you again. Then out of nowhere, the fire of the Lord fell. The wood, the stones, the bull is lit on fire at this point. All the people fell on their faces when they saw this. Then they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Don't be discouraged when you don't know what's going on. The story is being written every day that you wake up. You are not the main character. God is the main character in everything. He is the one moving in all situations to bring about his will on earth as it is in heaven. With that being said, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, everything that you have. He is faithful. He was faithful to you before you were faithful to him. And so my prayer today 
that everyone listening by the sound of my voice, that you will begin to trust God and have faith in his divine timing for whatever it is that you are worrying about. If it's about your friends and your family's salvation, give it to God. Let him be the one to dictate the timing that these things may happen, but trust him. So don't let your emotions get you discouraged. Don't look for a feeling to confirm something to you because we don't walk by sight. We don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. With petition and prayer and thanks, present your worries to God and let him move in Jesus' name. Thank you.